You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Deborah Eckerling. You can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. Today, we're talking about dreams with my dear friends, Dr. Michael Lennox, Leslie March, who's Zooming in from Scotland. So, Michael, uh, please share who you are, why you're here, and include your new book. Sure. Uh, um I, I am a psychologist, that's the doctor piece. So I call myself a spiritual teacher. And then I always say psychologist, astrologer, and expert in dreams. And it's interesting, expert in dreams comes last, but it was the first thing I discovered uh, as, a, as a teenager, curious about the world and psyche and all of the inner sort of life. So I started interpreting dreams for friends as a teenager, just because I read Freud's interpretation of dreams and he told us that dreams could be interpreted. And so I would sort of be a little, you know, filled with moxie in the hallways of high school. And I did have an intuitive way that I responded to the dream stories that I heard. And I just sort of followed those breadcrumbs throughout my life. And it wasn't really until the the second half that I began to devote my life to things of the inner life of human beings, right? So in my mid-30s, I was already doing dream workshops, but I went to grad school. I decided to get a master's and a doctorate in psychology. And so I've just been following that for the last 20 years. I've written four books on dreams and dream interpretation, including a dictionary. And this book that just came out this like last week in, in the beginning of 2024 is called Psychic Dreamer, Exploring the Connection Between Dreams and Intuition. It is based basically a collection of stories of people's experiences, including some of my own, with all of the ways that dreams can also get us in touch with mystical experiences that are not typical dreaming, but happen when we're sleeping. So that's my story. And that's why I'm here. And I think the last time we met Deb was when I had my last book come out, I think. It just seems wrong that it's been such a long time. So we're, we're not going to let so much time pass right, in the future. I, 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 I'm with you on that. Leslie, good to see you and wonderful to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. Um, I'm Leslie Marsh and I am a shamanic practitioner, teacher and storyteller, which has a lot to do about dreams, particularly shamanic journeying is lucid dreaming, basically. So it's taking your dream time and making it happen for you when you want it to happen. And this is such a wonderful thing that happens when we tell stories and we find fascination and fascination fascinates me. So I'm really going in there and going right down that rabbit hole because, you know, and that's a warren. It's just there's so many little holes to go down and to explore. But yeah, I, I teach and I do online sessions as well. Um, I'm going to be starting doing some online courses, writing them and collaborating with a few friends of mine. So I'm looking forward to doing that this year. I, I love all these goals. Well, this is Goals yeah. Live, a.k.a. the Dev Show Podcast on the Marketing Podcast Network. Uh, and going into to the, to the new year, it's really... Well, any time is the right time to have this kind of conversation. But in talking about dreams, isn't that the way we start off the year is dreaming about what is possible? Uh, so let, let's back up to, I think, the baseline question, which is what are dreams, Michael? 
Well, I got to tell you something. I'm chomping at the bit to hear Leslie's definition of dreams because as a as the sort of half scientist in the midst, I always have to start answering this question by saying we don't know because I'm half scientist. So when I look over in the world of science as we're learning a little bit more about like memory formation happens in REM sleep, um, metabolic waste is cleaned out during REM sleep because the brain can't do that with the lymphatic system because of the blood brain barrier. And then what science will say is, here's what's happening in the brain during dreams. Therefore, they have no meaning. Which is crazy. It's like anybody who could say the dreams have no meaning must never have had one. Because they are so incredibly rich and powerful and internal. And one of the things that I think about a lot when I think about where we are today as a society is how we got started in culture sitting around fires. And it was storytelling. And what would we tell stories about? The hunt? and the dreams, that's what we would talk about at the community level. And so like, I wanna toss it to Leslie and have her talk about what, how she would articulate dreams from that perspective, because at the end of the day, dreams are these profound stories that happen inside of us and they are tales of our infinite sort of uh, humanity at an explosive level. And I think that we have them and that we have the urge to talk about them gives us a definition of dreams that is transcendent way far away from anything that science and the brain tells us, but that there's something profound happening with a human psyche self to self with stories that we, we create inside ourselves. I love that you answer, not answered, answer that question. Um, Leslie, what do you think? What well, it's a slippery little sucker, isn't it? Yes. I mean, it's one of these little wormhole things that you kind of go down, like I said before. The fascination part is great. And really, Michael, I, I am with you on that with this, the, the first dreamers. There's a very, very strong creation story from the Aboriginal people, um, one of the Aboriginal peoples, that is called the Rainbow Serpent. And it begins with nothingness. And it begins with this tiny, enormous thing, which is the planet Earth. And then it begins with the first dreamer awakening, who was the rainbow serpent. But all the other dreamers were under, were still dreaming. And Wallaby was dreaming of being Wallaby and Kangaroo was dreaming of being Kangaroo. So basically what they're saying is we are dreaming ourselves alive. We are dreaming ourselves into being. And that brings us into the magical realm of manifestation and understanding that when we start to dream and we understand the dream, which for me is not just a file cabinet that is being sorted out and sort of like a, a library being collated and understood, which it is, because let's face it, we have to do a cleanup. Otherwise, we would be having all this stuff lying about, tripping over it every day which, you know, is not good because then you get a little bit batty. But at the same time, yeah, because we need to sleep. And the reason that we sleep is because, now, you might not like this, but I call it the universal mind. I don't call it the unconscious mind because for me, it's jacked into the universe. It knows everything. It goes far beyond our boundaries. It goes into the dream time, as the Australian people would call it. And it's one of these things that when we do that, when the conscious mind goes into the back of the bus and allows the universal mind to come forward and start driving, then we really get some fun going on. And if we can actually connect and realize that it's possible to connect, so many people don't understand that you can actually connect with your universal mind and say, listen, I would really like for this to happen. And when I dream, I would like those dreams to be repeated back to me so I can remember them when I'm having my cornflakes in the morning or when I'm in the shower, but preferably when I've got something that I can write down and we can actually get ourselves programmed into allowing that to happen so we can remember more of our dreaming and make it work for us. Okay, I'm so excited to, to go down that rabbit hole. But before we get to that one, 
and I think you you answered this already, but it, if you want to add anything to it, what is just the base value of dreams? It's good for our mental health and well-being. It's absolutely the way that we can process a lot of the stuff that our conscious mind is not really gathering so much of. And it may be that, you know, I think it's between seven and, and nine bits of information that we our conscious mind is actively looking at in each moment of the day. And that's a lot of stuff. But the universal mind is something like 23 to the 10th power of, oh, such a number. It's just astronomical. Yeah. And basically, there is everything. And if we had to do that in our heads every day, we would be nuts because we wouldn't know. It would be like ADHD on speed. And then, you know, and it's going to be one of those things. So while we're asleep and we're resting and we're doing this and the universal mind is saying, yeah, okay, got a grip now. This is my time now. This is what we did today. This is what you missed today. This is what you might do tomorrow. Because some of us dream prophetically. We dream in the future as well as in the past. And there is no time in the universe, really. It's a construct that we made. So I have an idea, and it's just an idea, that a deja vu is actually a remembered dream of the future in the present. (laughs) So the value for me of dreams is actually to allow you to express things to see things better to understand things better to bring yourself a notification that you missed something <laughs> why, was I, why was i dreaming about them oh i haven't called them for a while i wonder if they're all right oh or bums i should have done that that was a deadline i might have missed that have i missed it oh no i dreamt about it so i'll just be on time awesome so michael your turn to share. Well, I mean, my answer is really the same because it's, you know, that it, 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 we really are creating a function when we go into that realm where we cannot be in our waking life. Um, it's like we go under the hood and we examine uh, all of the different things that might be going on with our vehicle uh, in a manner that we cannot do when we are awake, period. Um, one of the ways I like to describe this, especially if we're in like a conversation about manifesting all you desire in your waking life where one of the things that manifestation teachers will tell you out there is like, you can have anything you want. You just have to think the thought, fill yourself with the feeling that you're going to have it, and then just plug your feet one in front of the other. You'll get there. When the truth is you can't have anything you want. You cannot have something that you don't have the talent or the capacity to create. And here's the important thing. You cannot draw something to you that you have a strong desire for if below the surface you don't feel worthy of it. So in our waking life, we're very much about our yes, right? If we're, maybe we're about our conflicts of no in our waking life, but we're about the yes, I want this thing. When we go into our dreams, we're in the full, dark, rich, juicy no. We're in the place where fear lives, where resistance lives, where rage lives, all of the things that are in below the surface that hinder our ability to move. So we say yes during the day, we go to bed at night and we examine our no so that we can wake up the next day with a bigger yes. Okay. We we, we have to slow that one down because talk about mind blow. So you can utilize, so the dreams basically help you have these better lives. Yeah. It's it's working out the crap. So much stuff out in them. I mean, my God, my life has been, you know, 60 years of like, you know, healing trauma and figuring stuff out and and becoming the sort of integrated person that, that I am today. I would, I would sort of give dream work the top props for the, (laughs) The tool that was the most powerful in an ongoing basis of just knowing who I am, because I'm also looking at the parts of me that I might prefer not to look at, uh, that our dreams just take us to, and then we have to. It's also knowing who you, what your purpose is as yeah. well. 
it's all got to do with this idea that many, many of us don't realize that we are here for a purpose. There's a reason that we're here. We're like catalysts. And when we say something, like what we're doing now, someone could be watching and suddenly something goes bing, like that little microwave oven going off, ding, and something's just cooked. Something's just got ready. And you open the door and there it is sitting there in all its glory, ready to be consumed. And it's all this stuff that is like, wow, how did I do that? Why did I do that? Does it matter? But it's also got to be a case of when you get certain things that are happening and your dreams are kind of becoming repetitive, there's a reason for that. And it could be that this is, you've not noticed that somebody has said something to you, but it's made you think and it's made your mind turn and your perspective go in a different direction. It's giving you something else to think about. So if you travel down that road and you take that invitation, and you think about that thing, and then you see something slightly differently. It brings a whole lot of other gifts to the party. And all of this stuff is coming and saying, how do I manifest that? Oh, well, maybe it's because I spoke to this person, and they said that, and suddenly I wanted to go there. And then suddenly, but they also moved too because it happens like that we don't just bump and then just keep going straight well whenever we do that interaction each of us is moved in a different manner so all of our paths are all going around doing this kind of frantic chaos but this is where the universe came from in the first place wasn't it utter chaos it all begins to form in one place so this imagination image nation that we've got in ourselves in our heads all the time means that we are so connected to so many things and so many ways which is why we probably know when uncle alfred is not feeling very well or our best friend is about to phone and you pick the phone up even before it's rung almost and say hi how you doing i've been waiting for you to call and they go how did you do that this is so weird is it Right. But, you know, there's a purpose. She's reminding me of the idea that that I love the universal mind, by the way. Every time I talk about the unconscious in, in teaching places, I have to explain that when I'm using that word, I don't mean just the unconscious of psychology, because for me, that word is the realm where, as you beautifully put, the universal mind, where everything emanates from and where we are all utterly connected so connected that there's no consciousness of disconnection and mm. we go there in our dreaming and we dwell in the unified oneness and then when we wake up we pop into these separate appearing little fractals as if we're different and separate but we're not and every time we go into the dream state we are at one with the one and so our popping up and the way Leslie's describing moving through life sort of guided by the groove of intuition, I think happens for a person more gracefully and powerfully if they are consciously dropping into that universal state and waking up in the morning saying, what did I bring with me from below? Michael, you said the word, you said fractals. And that is exactly why when people, these, the people who are saying, yeah, you can manifest anything you want to. You can be a millionaire in five minutes if you really want to. But actually, it's those fractals of little ricocheting bullets of things that people have said to us to put us down. People who have been voicing their fears, their wounds, their lack of drive because it's too scary out there because they were taught that as well. So it's, it's passed down. But those fractals, and it can be something, it can be a stray thought, a little fractal of a thought that comes around again when you think of something that's going on. When I was going through chemo, I had a moment at four o'clock in the morning and that fractal came around and slapped me really hard. And I said to my, I, I heard this voice in my head going, what makes you think you're different? Yeah. What, 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 
makes you think you're going to beat this? What makes you think you're going to be so good at dealing with this? And I sat there and I thought, who the hell is that? <laughs> because it wasn't my normal thought right, voice. It wasn't. It wasn't it you was. know, it was the voice of the bullies. It was the voice of a parent yeah. who was very, very strict and very kind of, you must stay in your in your lane. Don't get out of your lane. You're you're not good enough to do that. Or you know, we we always stay here. And that's a fractal that just sits there. I us, I usually liken it to um, tap roots like dandelion roots that grow all the way down before they start to flower. And if you pull it out, if there's even one teeny tiny bit left, it will just come back again. Yeah. And that's how we cannot manifest sometimes because when we're going, I am worthy of this, I believe I should be doing this, this little voice in the back is going, what makes you think you're so worthy about that? You know, one of the things I think that happens to, like Leslie described something that she did during her waking life that is very dreamlike, interacting with various other consciousnesses and voices and thought forms, which is something that happens in dreams all the time. It's like we go into this gymnasium of anything can happen and probably will. You are profoundly creative. You're interacting with other people on multidimensional levels. And we don't question it because it's a dream. But make no mistake about it. We are practicing what it is to be human, what it is to be intuitive, what it is to move around gracefully between thought form and thought form. And so I think that, that this is a little bit of a, a woo-woo abstract way of describing it, but that's what it feels like to me at 60 to be able to walk through my waking life with some skill that I learned in the dream state. Oh, come on, Michael. We're all about the woo-woo. Yeah, baby. <laughs> what do we have about the woo-woo? We did. First of all, I'm just sitting here incredibly proud of myself for bringing the two of you together. Oh, you were, I totally get it, honey. You're totally right. We are two peas in a pod. I love it. Uh, and as someone who skews logic and creative, I also totally get it. So from that logic slash creative, how do we, first of all, how do we swat away? These are two questions. How do we swat away the fractals? Because I think that's really what stops people conscious or not. And then the second part is that how do we manifest? So which which jick and egg comes first? Should we talk about get rid of the negatives or bringing in the positives? Well, I'll, I'll say something about the, the negative positive things and just sort of say something that popped into my head. Um, okay. As a psychologist, one of the things that I appreciate is, is that there are some of these bothers that will come up that want us, need us to wrestle with them, to find out what's below them. And some of them are just random sensations of chaos that might be ours, but don't need to be processed through. I think when we're younger, it's harder to know the difference. And so I would say process everything. <laughs> You know, when you're young and then you get a little bit more graceful in the integration process. And then there are, so I know that there are times where something is sort of up in my craw and it just needs me to come back to center and I'll use my breath and I'll use my prayer consciousness. Like I might go to my altar and do a prayer that says, I release whatever is in the way of my, of my comfort and my centeredness. And then I might go to the mirror to do some mirror work where there might be some tears or something that is like, oh, I guess I'm sad about something. And then I'll, I'll come back to center. And that's a fractal that doesn't need my deeper attention and that I can swat it away with prayer and connection. And then there's the ones where it's like, oh, this one's connected to something that's still an old wound. And then if that's the case, then I know not to swat it away. And in my world, I might just be in a trigger moment and let the feelings sort of roll around a little bit. And then I might ask, I'll put a hand on my heart, one on my belly, and I'll say, what's below this? What's, or how old am I? Right? And so I'll follow that around. And what'll happen is 45 minutes later, an epiphany will occur, 
or I'll be sitting down the next time in my meditation and something will shift or I'll have a dream and I'll wake up the next morning with an incredible thing to process. Right. But for me, the thing I wanted to mention was not everything needs to be dealt with. And at some point you get to have a sensation where, you know, whether this is something, because otherwise you're spiritually bypassing. You don't want to swat away anything and you can get really skilled at that. You can use your mind and your breath to calm yourself down. But what you're really doing is tamping down stuff that's below that needs your attention and that we don't want to do either. Got it. Leslie, yeah, how did you, and obviously you told those fractals where to go. Because... Well, actually, yeah. And I decided to make those fractals my ally. Yeah. So that every time that that voice, those little voices came back up, I would say, okay, what is it that I'm missing? Because obviously I'm feeling a little bit less than totally sure about what I'm going to be doing. Or there's a question mark somewhere. So you're telling me that I can't do this. I'm saying that I can do this. And guess what? I'm going to win. Unless you've got a really good reason that I should not do this. Because sometimes that's it. Sometimes it's the intuition part that's telling you, don't go there. That's not really what you want. You don't really want to be, you know, like number one at Wimbledon or try to do it because you're going to break your neck, you know, because you've been sitting on the couch like a, like a, a couch potato for the last 20 years. What makes you think you're going to do that? So, yeah, you can do it in your head. But I think, Michael, what, we, what I was thinking about was when you were talking was the, the thing is that it's very difficult to get someone to learn something they've done automatically that they've kind of done naturally. When you try to unpick it and say, this is where you start and this is where the middle part is and this is where you will end up if you follow these steps. I just had a dream. I, got, I went to sleep and I had a dream. What do you mean I have to do this? And it's like when I, I talk to people about meditation and they say, oh, I can't meditate. It's never worked for me. And I say, well, okay then, stop trying to empty your mind because you won't, you won't do it. It won't work. And it's those those stray thoughts that come along that basically you say, yeah, 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 I know. I've got to go shopping tomorrow, but that's not important just now. Sit over there. And it's organizing and understanding that you can make a space inside for that moment. And it's like the fractals, like you said, Mike. Some fractals, we go, go away. Some we say, okay. You look interesting. <laughs> What's your story? So basically, and that I think is the biggest part, is the stories we were talking earlier, you were talking earlier on about the, the original people when they were talking about the hunts. I think that there's a possibility that the hunts weren't just recorded on the caves. I think that at one point it may well have been that they put them on there so that everybody could go and see what a good hunt looked like so that they would know where everybody was going to be yeah. and how they were going to, to do it. And then they would go to the fire and then they would talk about the celebrations and how this one did this and that one did that. And that builds a sense of responsibility. It builds a sense of connection with the action, with the well-being and the future prospects of the people that we're all with. And the biggest, best dreamers were the shamans because the shamans are the ones with the eyes to see in the dark. The shamans are the ones who see things slightly differently, who look round the corners, underneath. And it's those who can sit. And I think in, in some Native American uh, peoples, na nations, any madness or schism of the brain is seen as a blessing because they're not really, you know, they're special people. They're touched by spirit. So they're actually looked after. They're not sent away and ostracized. They're actually invited to a special place within the group, within the tribe. And I think that we kind of lost a little bit of that with our normality-itis. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know... That little, that little infection of normality um, because it doesn't really exist. So um, it's just what we're used to. 
you know, and we're all we're all individuals, but we agree on a reason for for reality. We agree that there are certain things that will happen that will keep us kind of plodding along quite happily for a while. But it's like an anaesthetic. You get sort of like big carry on at the beginning when they're going under and a big carry on at the end when they're coming back up because the rest of it is just being asleep. Mm. The waking part is where the excitement bits goes. <laughs> so a common, uh, so the this show, it's for um, writers, creatives, entrepreneurs, basically anybody. But one common theme that I find in the conversations that I have is that things take way longer <laughs> um, in everybody's journey. Is it the nits that are popping up? that stop people or what, what is it? Or is it a not yet? You know, I, I, I want to say something about this idea because I'm also an astrologer. And the, one of the things that I bump up against a lot in this area of timing and pace is, is that everybody is in a fucking race to get to the thing. And the idea of the when of things is pure fantasy. The body knows the story and it's the body that lives in the moment only. The body can't be in yesterday or tomorrow. And it's the body that's creating the thing itself, right? The manifestation desire is done at the level of the body. And there are these transits that will happen on a person's chart where then the language will be, you want to happen at the pace your fantasy is dictating. But right. life and life's terms is how things will go. And so very, I've, I've, I'm going to say something hyperbolic that's not true, but I'll say it anyway because I like hyperbole. I've never met somebody whose pace was so slow that it was really that it wasn't just the world telling them what the pace was to be, right? And so I think that people get very impatient with the fact that things are not happening fast. I nothing in my life ever that was worthwhile happened quickly, especially my healing self-investigation and the process of integration. You know? This is the interesting thing though, Michael, isn't it? Because with technology that we have and the, the race of technology, since the industrial age, we have been in our race. We yeah. have been, it's not a marathon anymore. It's sprint after sprint right. after sprint. And, you know, all you have to do is look and see how many times Apple is putting out a phone. You know, it's, you know, it's like, oh, I got to get a new one, got to get a new one, because it's going to do this, it's going to do that. I have discovered that my car is more clever than I am. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that, that disturbs me quite a lot. But I, it's also, I think, because a lot of the time, the difficulty that we're having is this juxtaposition that we have between being outwardly directed where loads of new generations are going about looking at Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and whichever new thing is happening that I'm too old to realize now. But it's they're looking at that and they're looking and going, I want to be like you. Yeah. I, I don't just want to be like you. I want to be you, but I want to yeah. be you now because I can flick there and I can do that. And you're there you are. And I want to know, I want to do that now. But they're not actually realizing that the work happens in this present moment. I describe it very much like you, you did there. I describe it as the village, the little town of yesterday and the sprawling metropolis that isn't even fully formed yet of tomorrow and the tiny hamlet of now, mm -hmm. which is where all the resources of yesterday are shot in and all the bricks that make the path for the metropolis are made with every choice, every decision, every being, every feeling that's happening right now is what puts you out there, which is and to manifest something now has got to do with this idea of remembering that you can do it because we we have manifested successfully we've manifested mad bad moods we've manifested anger we've manifested a fight because we were angry we've manifested a stubbed toe because we weren't paying attention about what's going on and we're thinking about something else we have manifested a job we've got ourselves busy we've got ourselves prepared we've gone to the interview we've we've gone through the process 
And actually, we are in a process of being born and living in order to die and go to what is ever on the other side of that. Someone finally mentioned death. Mm -hmm. Well, nobody's getting out of this alive, Michael, let's face it. But I think that's also one of the spectacular things about sleep alone, even outside of the realm of dreaming. Every night we practice our death. Yes. And so if there, if there's something that we're doing every night that is practicing death and where we go is this spectacular place in consciousness itself where mm-hmm. anything can happen and probably will, where we are profoundly creative at a divine level, that's gotta be something like where we go when we shuffle the, when we get rid of the body in the final sleep. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause the day is dying. So we go to sleep death we go into the, the the land of death and then we resurrect the new day we reincarnate the new day that's right and when you appreciate the death of sleep i think that it becomes very natural to celebrate the miracle of waking and then right there you've just created a spectacular spiritual practice but also but also we are not really ever totally awake or totally asleep. There's a, the, the, it's an oscillation of brain waves yep. that should happen like this. And occasionally they go, hello, or saying like this. Particularly if you're having an anesthetic, then they're really woo. But it's more or less a case of our day should be like this, but our brain loves a little bit of a spike every now and again, like every 90 seconds or so our brain's going, what's that over there? And we've actually potty trained ourselves. This 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 behavioural potty training that we have, of there are not there are no such thing as these imaginary monsters under your bed. There's nothing like this. There's nothing like that. But what we're actually doing also is we're chipping away at the imagination, and we're putting the imagination in shackles. Mm. And the only time that we get to free it is if we're brave enough to be out there being a catalyst and being bumped. So, first of all, I don't think anybody's ever mentioned death on the show before, so score one for the two of you. Yay. Yay. Um, And and it is, it's life cycle. It's sleep awake, sleep awake. But I want to go back to that manifesting through dreams question. For me, it's um, it's about using the technique of petitioning your dreams for information, right? That if you are if you are approaching manifestation from this kind of intellectual perspective, right? That, that, that we're only talking about when you are clear about what you're manifesting in a in a way that you could describe with your thoughts and words, right? So that person who is actively attempting to manifest something in their waking life with an intention that is set. I would invite that person to periodically or nightly or when feeling like they're a little stuck with that, sit down with their their dream journal before they go to sleep or a sacred moment just in their own private little self, turn sleep into a sacred act, right? So that there's a kind of intention that's being put into the process of shedding the day. And then you write down in your dream journal or you say it as a prayer, Send me a dream to help me understand my resistance or challenges with this desired manifestation so that you're asking the wholeness of your your humanity to participate, not just your waking life, yes, but your dream life sense of where all the other material is and where the resistance and the fear is likely to be vibrantly alive. And then you work with the dreams that come and then you're engaging the top and the bottom of the wheel with your manifestation desires. You hit the nail on the head there, though, when you said, make sure you know what you want. Because when you ask someone, what do you want? What do they do? They tell you what they don't want. And what does what does your universal mind do? It doesn't do don't. That's right. (laughs) That's right. It only hears the. You say, I don't want to be poor. I want to be poor. I don't want to be fat. I want to be fat. I don't want to be unhealthy. I want to be unhealthy. How does that work? 
Yeah, so you basically, gotta know. it's, the, you it's gotta got know. to do with the language. And that is the, the most powerful, magical thing is language. And doing this shamanically, when we, when we journey to the drum, which changes the brain waves into that theta state where you can actually go into lucid dreaming and you go with a focus. So you make a focus of, I am going to the lower world to connect with my power animals to do something or what could be just connection. And then when you're in there, you get to know what else is going on because you have a chat. So you're already going on another level. And then, or you could go, I'm going to the middle world to talk about this with this person because I'm doing a journey of expectation for them. So then you're going in for someone. So there's different ways of making it happen. Now, because we do it on purpose. My husband knows I'm going to tell you this because I tell everybody this, who I talk about with this. He's really funny when he does these so, things. So he knows or ipso facto, it's okay. You'll ask Oh, hey, listen, he married me, so he knows. He was in training and um, we'd gone down to a weekend together and he hadn't been listening to the instructions. And for some reason, when he came back, he said he, he, he journeys with his hands here, and he's he's lying there, and he's like, Leslie, what? I, I can't move my hands. What do you mean you can't move your hands? Where did you go? Well, I found myself running down Glastonbury High Street with a police cone on my head, chasing a car. We were a dog. No, I can't move my hands. Oh my goodness, you left your hands behind. We had to drum him back. Oh wow. To go and pick up his hands. Oh, before he could move his hands again. Whoa. That's crazy. So if you go somewhere with a focus, and when we say focus, we are talking eagle eye, precision, focus. Watch your words. Yes. One thing I say all the time is you can't get what you want unless you know what that is, which is, yeah. you know, the basis for what I do with goals is when you do that foundational work, you're able to find that path to the mission behind who you are, what you do. We're all here for a reason. And then to hard that course to get what you want. So everything you're talking about, the specific specificity it's important in dream work but also in life work because it's by only by gifting ourselves that time can we truly discover our place in the world and i love how we can use dreams see what i did there to really help us hone in on that and get where we want to go uh, Leslie, do you, do you have other um, advice other than don't use don't, which I'm totally, you know, <laughs> underlining. What are some other things people could do to use dreams for that manifestation? Basically, get in touch and connection with your universal mind on purpose. Mm-hmm. Make an absolute, you know, sit on your bed and before you go to bed, be, you know, getting comfy and then say, hey, universal mind. Thank you so much because you do such a lot for me. Gratitude is always good. Gratitude is an excellent thing to have for anything, really. And when you're doing that, you can actually self-hypnotize a little bit of self because all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. You're going into this kind of, we call it in Scotland, a dwam, which is a semi-dream state you're kind of off on a little bit of a, yeah. So I'm going up here and maybe my eyes are going up because I'm trying to see where I'm going because if some of us are visual or some of us are, are more kinesthetic, we're, we're feeling. So we're kind of feeling that kind of, ah, I'm feeling a little bit better now, better relaxed. So I'm just asking you, can you give me a dream that will help me to understand what I need to do tomorrow? 
or help me with this person who's really nipping my head so much. Allow me to dream away or dream away of dealing with that. And so, again, and mirror work, like Michael was saying, because one of the one of the most profound pieces of mirror, mirror work that you can do is to look at yourself right in the eye. Because we never, we're in the bathroom, we're brushing our teeth, we're right. washing our face, we're doing the thing. We're never looking at our eye. We're never looking at ourselves. We're inspecting ourselves. <laughs> That's right. But we're not respecting ourselves. Well done. And basically, it's a case of, Look yourself in the eye and you do need that significant emotional event. Like you'll go through the laughter where you're feeling really silly and embarrassed, even though it's just you in the bathroom. But there might be somebody outside listening. What are you talking to? Yeah, my husband does that sometimes. What? What? I'm not talking to you. It's not all about you. Go away. So it's one of those things that when you have a private moment and you're doing that and you look and you say, I am loved. Not, I love you. I am loved. Because you're taking it to the I level. The I, I level. I love language. It's so brilliant. And it's one of those things that when you start to do that and you really look at it, and I think Serge Kahili King in his book, Mastering Your Hidden Self, does a... a, a script from someone else and I can never say his name so I'm not going to try but it's in there and it's all about marshalling yourself almost as if you were doing your universal mind's job a little bit but you're saying to universal mind this is what I'd really like you to pay attention to Mm. allow me to think better faster allow me to react less respond more Mm. Allow me to know that I need to breathe consciously and universally. And just have that conversation. It's like anything else. You've got to make yourself a friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you have to nurture that relationship. When you nurture that relationship, oh, my goodness, it will bring back tenfold what you give it. Agreed. I want to add something um, to this process that we're sort of presenting the idea of petitioning dreams is you really have to trust this conversation that you're initiating with self and higher self, because you never know what the dream is going to be. You might not remember anything from your dream night when you've done an incredible ritual of petitioning, right? So, or you might get a dream that you remember vividly and can't quite put together the feeling content and sensation of the dream with the request, but you just have to trust every question is answered. Every prayer is responded to whether you rationally understand it or not. you got to trust that the, 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 the deeper part of you, the universal mind of you has done its work and has delivered something, even if it's not perceptible. You just have to get out of your own way. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you know, conscious mind, get to the back of the bus. You're not, you know, you need to. I like that. I like that. Get to the back of the bus. I'm driving. So, you know, and and yeah, remembering the dream, petition your universal mind to say, make me remember this, give this back to me, replay it to me so that I can remember. And it will take a little while because it takes a little while for anything. You have to practice. It's a muscle. It's like a muscle. Yeah. But was it Stephen King that said the mind is the muscle that can move the world in one of his books? I don't know, but he might have. He certainly is a a thinker of the mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, certain archetypes with him I'm kind of interested in, see how they work. (laughs) There's got to be some fractals flying around there somewhere. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's a deeply spiritual storyteller. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's, it's It's like the monkey's paw. What's behind the door that we don't see is more unnerving and our imagination. And if anybody thinks that they don't have an imagination, let them think back to the last time they got really panicked because there's something going on that they couldn't see, but they knew there was something there. I mean, it's like the the film's aliens. Everybody was really scared of it because we only saw little bits here and there. 
But then suddenly we saw the whole thing. And we're like, yeah, I'd love to deal with that. So I think the lesson from this to tie it, and I know there's absolutely no way to tie a bow on this ginormous conversation, but if you want to be friends with yourself, yeah, your knit, yep, and the universal mind, yep. Okay, that's easy. These are good goals. So what goals? Um. Because this has been a ton of information, and I appreciate both of you. I love this conversation so much. What are, what is a goal you would like to gift to the audience? What is something that they could do today, tonight, tomorrow to get either better in touch with themselves or to um, program their dreams better? What is just one small step someone can do? I'll throw one out there. I'll throw one out Please. there. Um, a question I get asked all the time how can I remember my dreams more readily? So there's a, there's a step to that, that I have found, I think uh, is like the missing magic piece. First of all, intention is everything. You set intentions first. First of all, Leslie will talk about this much juicier than I, because like, I'll be like, you know, huh, 70 events, 70 dreams and help me remember them. And well, Leslie will take somebody into a, like a shamanic dive before they go in, which is, really beautiful because what the work that she's doing is to bring the dream world alive in the awakened body right so no matter how you do it set the intention put the dream journal next to your bed so that there's no reaching right if you get too active in your waking that dream memory will just slip off into the distance and it'll be gone forever but here's the piece that i think makes it work uh, uh, by triggering the unconscious is you write something down, even when there hasn't been a memory you write, even if it's, I don't recall anything specific from last night, wait a moment, see if that triggers anything and then walk away from the process. That third step is the game changer because now you're triggering your universal mind to give up the ghost. You're telling it you want it. Uh, it's it's a powerful intention and the universal mind will respond. And that second piece is like the 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 final knit of the crochet knot. I sort of lost that analogy, but you you get what I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. Intention and you go to sleep. That's like half the knot. But going <laughs> to the dream journal, even without a memory, is like completing the intentionality conversation with your universal mind. Yes. No, I, I love that. And, and one thing that, that I've been known to tell people is, you know, you don't, you've got a story to tell you, you want to teach, you want to learn, you want to figure out what's next for you. Even if you don't know, to start with, I'm not sure what, what's next. Well, I could do this. I could do that. But starting any sort of starting writing right starts everything. Yeah. yeah. Ask the questions. Boom. Or is make the statement so yeah i love that i can't remember my dream what was it oh hmm. no i love that that's amazing leslie what goal do you wish to gift make it a ritual make yourself you're going on a date with yourself i love that how would you get ready? Have a lovely warm bath or a warm shower beforehand. You've got a beautiful bed. You maybe have some incense. You've got the lovely curtains all blacked out. You've made your room really special. There's a little table perhaps where you've got your dream journal all ready for you in the morning when you wake up or even before you go to bed. It depends on how you want to run your ritual. You Now, there's a, there was a... <clears throat> I'm showing my age here. There's a there's a very old song that was "Send me the pillow that you dream on, mm. so that I can dream on it too." Sweet. So basically, think about what you do. You may find that there's a special pillowcase that you would like to pick out, that or a scent. Lavender is really nice for calming things down. You know, don't go nuts on it because it'll wake you up. Um, but you know, something calming. Something very, very calming, so it's low music, the technology, keep it away. This is your time. You do not want to be disturbed when you are in connection with yourself because this is going to be a date you don't want to miss. 
and basically make it that ritual, a special way of doing things, a special time so that you know what's going to happen, get yourself ready, get yourself all eased off and the thoughts of the day are just starting to disappear as you wash it off in the shower or soak it off in the bath. Spoil yourself a little bit. That's beautiful. And it, it really goes back to that whole being friends with your, your universal mind, with your unconscious. You know, I am treating this this process with the respect and love it deserves. That's right. Even knowing that if I go into that state, I might have a very disturbing experience that frightens me. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm I, the, the ritual says I love me enough to go anywhere with me, even if when we get there, it's scary. And and in doing that, in trusting in that implicit trust of yourself, knowing that even although it's scary, you will come out the other side knowing why it was scary. Ooh, Ooh. right. <laughs> right. This has been just such a powerful conversation. I can't thank you two enough. Where can people learn more about you? Uh, Michael? michaellennox.com just it's my name with a little www and a dot com (laughs) (laughs) but everything that i do i do a lot of social media presence with my astrology work and i have lots of classes and blah 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 it's all it's all findable yes and the new book is psychic dreamer and you can find that on amazon or your favorite place to buy books yes leslie well, I'm on, I'm on Facebook you. and the Journeys with Rain Wolf page is Shamanism Scotland. And you can also get me on spiralheart.co.uk. Excellent. And I am at the Deb Method everywhere. And you can go to thedebmethod.com slash blog to get the recap to this and links uh, to this in my previous conversations. And if you want a little bit of help with your goals, you can grab a copy of your goal guide at your favorite place to buy books, you know, start of the year. It's that perfect time to etch a sketch and start fresh. Granted, I say every week, every month, every day is an opportunity to get back in touch with who you are and what you want, move forward. Um, And again, really powerful conversation to have any time of year, but I think especially the beginning of the year when everybody's setting their intentions, or as I say, planning their wins, to be able to celebrate the end of the year, it's really important to get uh, this wonderful footing. Um, before we wrap, uh, what final words of wisdom do you want to leave everybody with? Leslie, final thought? Small bites. Don't guzzle. Take it a little bit at a time. Don't, don't make it, I'm going to do all of this by such and such a time to say, In a couple of weeks, by this time, I'll have done just this one step. Then I'll do the next one. Then I'll do the next one. Everything will come just one at a time. Savor the feeling, savor the taste, keep the flavor all the way through. Well, you know, I love a good food analogy. My my food writer, food podcaster, Deb, who does Taste Buds with Deb, Loves that analogy ever so much. So small bites, don't guzzle. Love it. Michael, final thought? I would say that given the fact that the world has gone mad, that there is no likelihood that that is going to de-escalate anytime soon, I want to remind everybody of the incredible resilience of the human organism, that we have this, we are being fed a lot of division. And so the perception is uh, that it's things are far worse than they actually are. Focus on the good and remember that world peace comes when enough people on the planet have peace in their hearts and there's enough of us in the collective to have peace as a reflection. So your job to help the world is to end the war inside your own heart. Beautiful. And so important too, because it feels like we have no control, but we, I think this conversation proves that we have a ton of control, but it starts with making yeah. those conscious choices um, and doing the work 
in small bites without guzzling and realize that you're here for a reason. Make your world a better place and it will make the world a better place. Mm. Thanks again for this wonderful conversation about dreams and so much more. Again, I'm Deborah Eckerling. You can catch me live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific on your favorite social media platform and or you can subscribe to the Dev Show podcast on the Marketing Podcast Network. Thank you all for taking the time to really tune into yourself and your dreams and joining this conversation today. Michael and Leslie made it really simple way to really just take small steps to use your dreams and your life to make everything just a little bit better. So go on there, go for it because we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.